www.tosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. El Rio began her life in 1978 as a leather Brazilian gay bar. We are an LGBTQ plus space who is welcoming to all good people. We actively invest in communities to promote social change. We actively invest in our local arts and music scene to give space for artists. We actively pursue underserved communities in the use of our space. We are an awesome supporter of the fifth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, hosting an incredible offside show. Wednesday, March 4th, 9 to 11 p.m. with LGBTQ plus and allied comics. So come out to 3158 Mission Street at Cesar Chavez, San Francisco. It's open every day at 2 p.m. with an incredible back patio. El Rio is your dive. It's your boy Sifo here, here to let you know that the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is March 1st through 7th, 2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week. Get your tickets now on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the U.S. coming for 66 programs in seven days all here at 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission. Or if you can't be with us, listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What kind of a future? Law Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Davis, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Permanent Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95834. San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco Mutiny Radio Listen to live streaming radio Or download a podcast And you can listen on the go Listen to live streaming radio Or download a podcast And you can San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco Mutiny Radio Mutinyradio.fm Why not make a donation? Mutinyradio.fm Streaming live the station Mutinyradio.fm District of the Mission Mutinyradio.fm Mutinyradio.fm Listen to Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Look, why not go to 
mutinyradio.fm. Hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun! Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch a full-length movie. What's happening? This is your boy, Rob Edwards. I'm here to tell you about the fifth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's March 1st through the 7th, 2020, with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week long. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comments from all over the U.S. Coming for 66 programs in seven days, all here at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission, or listen live or podcast from... Once in a blue moon. Alabama Shakes performing Stay High from her new solo album, Jamie. Ladies and gentlemen, Brittany Howard. We're in the world at mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st through the 7th for these amazing events. for these amazing events.
Labor and Love Radio. Wouldn't we all love to do this right now? Stay high to when you go. Trains in New York City Broke thunder down the line The teachers rise in Richmond As they sleep in San Antonio While the harbor lights on Baltimore Got nurses headed home
y'all very much. At this time, we would like to get the girls out here to help us. And Arlo, Jack, come on out and say with us. Arlo, you feel like helping us do We Don't Run or We Don't Quit? We don't run. We don't compromise. We don't quit. We never do. We look for love. Find it in the eyes. The eyes of me and the eyes of you. There is a train that races through the night. Rails of steel that reach the soul. Fueled by fire, soft as candlelight. But it warms the heart of a love grown cold. And we don't run, we don't compromise. We don't quit, we never do. We look for love, we find it in the eyes, the eyes of me and the eyes of you. that sympathize, words that heal and understand, say them now, let them materialize, say the words throughout the land, we, we don't, don't run, we don't compromise, we don't quit, we never do, we look for love, find it in the eyes, the eyes of me. There is a road, you are the only one. I'll follow you forevermore. We'll look for love, we'll find it in the eyes, the eyes that see through all the doors. We don't run, we don't compromise, we don't quit, we never do. One more time, let me hear you now. We don't run, we don't compromise, we don't quit, we never do. We look for love, find it in the eyes, in the eyes of me, in the eyes of you, the eyes of me. Thank you all. Thank you, Arlo, for inviting me down. Thank you. Good morning, mutineers. Welcome to Labor and Love Radio in the Plague Year. <clears throat> the coronavirus has taken over America. We're to maintain our distance, we're to wash our hands. 
and we're also to live within a larger consciousness. In other words, as Jesse Jackson says somewhere, we didn't all come over on the same boat, but we're all in the same boat now. So please, as you go about your day in your house, whatever business you're doing, if you're working in a grocery store, be kind to one another. We all need one another now, as Willie Nelson and Arlo were uh, just expressing. Yes, this is Labor and Love, and we have a Saturday show for you. Labor and Love, where we let you know if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. Where we remind you, if you don't have a seat at the table where you work, you're on the menu. How many billionaires lost their jobs? How many millionaires will be looking at surviving at a very basic level? Not many. Um, some people are saying now we might hit 20% unemployment. And of course, of course, Mr. Trump said absolutely not. It would never get that high. And uh, who knows? He certainly doesn't. Uh, but if we hit that unemployment figure. It won't be millionaires and billionaires who are going hungry. We'll talk about that a little later on our street corner dialectics uh, feature in the show. Right, if you don't have a seat at the table where you work, you're on the menu. And never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. When I say labor, I mean you. Labor and Love Radio, where the labor meets the road. And remember, labor is life. Okay? Make no doubt about it. That time while you're working, you're still aging. Labor is life. Keep that in mind. Well, it's certainly been a heavy-duty week for everybody. Imagine if you have your uh, retirement money in a 401k or 403b, which uh, corporations work very hard to get people to adapt to. Now, the, the difference, of course, is in a 401k, you have your money invested in the stock market, the stock market went down by about a third, almost one-third, almost 30% of its value this last week and a half. This is what capitalism does to us. Capitalism makes us all save and scrimp for retirement. And then it puts our money at risk. We are encouraged to put our money at risk. Mr. Bush wanted to replace Social Security with a plan like that. 
No, no. What have we got for you today? Well, let's see. We've got labor history in two minutes. The end of apartheid. We got radio labor. Radio labor is there waiting for us. We got the labor beat. We got an analysis of the shock doctrine, Amy Klein's uh, book and theory about how um, powerful interests use the Great Recession and um, crises like this one to hardwire more inequality into our system. What workers have already won in the face of coronavirus? French unions back revisions of labor law, the Walmart global struggle. What's happening with the UC Berkeley students? The uh, TAs at UC Berkeley. We're going to hear from Francesca Fiorentini. And hear from Francesca Ramsey. Just some more labor songs. Let's let's see, who do we start out with? Well, Willie Nelson and Arlo Guthrie singing We Don't Run. Look for love in one another's eyes. Before that morning in America, Rand Jones, if you can, take a look at that video. Very poetic expression of waking up and this sense of uh, awareness, collective awareness of, of America. And then before that, Brittany Howard. Thanks to Earl Coleman for that one. I want to be high with you. Well, it sure would be nice, huh? Unfortunately, we have work to do. <laughs> we have work to do. We have to turn this moment into a moment for democracy. Mr. Trump is talking about handing out money, which is fine. I'll take some. But then what? Other leaders are trying to get something permanent that will benefit workers, not just a couple times, a month, you know, in a month. Let's see, this month, April, we're supposed to get money, but whatever. Something that's in the system, enhanced unemployment, for example, paid sick leave, paid medical leave. And this is like prying an oyster, you know, a big muscle off off a, a rock in a tide pool. America just does not want to give this to its workers. The reality, of course, is that it's the workers who are in the majority and a minority of people, Senate Republicans in this case, want to stop that from happening. Okay, let's listen to our radio labor. 
what's going on all over the world. Labor. This is a Radio Labor World Report reported on Friday, March 20th, 2020. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, how unions are teleconferencing to share COVID-19 strategies, the support healthcare workers need during the crisis, the Labor Start report about union events and singing. We just come to work. This is Radio Labor. As the coronavirus COVID-19 crisis accelerates, labor unions around the world are implementing measures to help their members cope and sharing their experiences with other labor organizations. As an example, a teleconference of union leaders was organized by Public Services International, the PSI, and the American Federation of Teachers, the AFT. It included participants from Italy, Japan, South Korea, the U.S., Canada, and other countries. The conference was moderated by the president of the AFT, Randy Weingarten. From the American point of view, we've actually focused on three things. The health, safety, and welfare of our members, their families, our communities. Number two is focus like a laser on the safety and welfare of the frontline workers, including the essential workers, the healthcare workers, and that that has to be front and center. And number three, um, in the global economy, in our own country's economies, fighting for fighting to buffer the economic impacts short and long term. We're all going into a depression. In New York, for example, where I live, basically there's going to be 20 to 40 percent unemployment immediately because with all the bars closed, all the um, restaurants closed, that is a lot of how people live and thrive and work. Let me get to our colleague from Korea, Ms. Woolson. I'm from Korean Public Service and Transport Workers Union. Obviously, the crisis is affecting everybody, and so I, someone else said this is as a common experience. Hospital workers in Daegu can't see their families. They can't eat together with their families, and, and people are feeling isolated. But that is also driving us to look for new forms of communication and supporting one another. It's a question of also sharing information and democracy within our union. So we've postponed our convention twice already. And so that's something we're dealing with. I just want to say, I think it's important to note that the virus is affecting everybody. The crisis is affecting everybody, but affects people unequally. And so, for example, in hospitals, when you don't have a union to intervene and make sure that everybody in the hospital gets the right information about infections, gets protective, a personal protective equipment, it's the precarious workers. In Korea, there are patient care workers who are like self-employed or in precarious employment who are often left out of the communication structures. They're the ones who are washing patients and they're not getting masks, for example. So that's something that for unions, I think also in schools, it's the, it's the education support workers 
we have daycare teachers who are working without the support of cafeteria staff and workers who aren't getting paid in things. And so I think as we go forward, this is a health crisis and an economic crisis, and it's gonna, it is an economic crisis as well. And we need to recognize as public sector workers also who are often in more secure jobs and also in um, uh, with higher pay that it's gonna affect people in our workplaces, outside of our workplaces differently. And we have to take a responsibility for both making sure they're protected, but also having deeper solutions, new ways of how we can, we deal with inequality in society through the expansion of public services, but really deep thinking about an economic structure that is gonna um, make us able to confront this kind of crisis differently in the future. And I just wanted to mention, I think we've been inspired by the move towards renationalization uh, of hospitals, for example, in Spain, and this is being talked about in other countries. One of the real problems that we've faced is that after MERS, after SARS, there was a commitment, after MERS, there was a commitment to build more public hospitals. And in fact, and especially infectious disease hospitals. And in fact, that, that promise wasn't kept. And that's why we are lacking hospital beds. We've seen patients who are, can't get a hospital bed and are dying in, in self-isolation. And so just to say that one of our demands is for both takeover of some private hospitals, but also for the building and constructing of more public hospitals. We are professionals, and we can only do our jobs if we are ensured of personal protective equipment so we can stay healthy while we save lives. That is George Paul Williams, the Secretary General of the National Health Workers Union in Liberia. Mr. Williams, a trained nurse, lived through the country's Ebola crisis, which started in 2014. He saw many of his co-workers die because of lack of protective equipment. He does not want any health workers in the world to be put in jeopardy like that ever again. We have workers are not heroes, and we should not have to become martyrs at work. In 2014, I watched many of my friends and colleagues die as Ebola disseminated the Liberian health sector. As health professionals, we were faced with an impossible choice. Go to work without protective equipment, catch Ebola and die, or withdraw our labor. My union fought tooth and nail for protective personal equipment, yet chronic underfunding met the resources needed to fight the outbreak simply weren't available. The disease ended up killing over 8% of my country health workforce. In the aftermath, I met with workers around the world through the, the Union Federation Public Services International to fight for more resilient public health system. Sadly, our calls went largely unanswered. We are professionals, and we can only do our jobs if we are ensured of personal protective equipment so we can stay healthy while we save lives. But sadly, the reality of our health system across the world have been understaffed, underfunded, and undermined. It terrifies me to see that developed countries' health systems are at the breaking point. I hate to imagine what this virus might do to the health system in my country or in my region again. We have workers will be the group most affected by this virus outbreak. Many of us will die. Many of our deaths could have been avoided. 
This time we must learn. It's time to bury austerity once and for all. Never has the need for well-funded, quality public services and resilient public health system been so clear. In related news, the Council of Global Unions has released a plan for how governments and employers should react to the coronavirus COVID-19 crisis. The Council is the world body which represents global union federations plus the International Trade Union Confederation, the ITUC. The Council has called for governments to not only protect the health of their citizens, but take specific measures to protect workers and tackle transmission in workplaces. The measures include extending paid sick leave entitlements, maintaining the incomes and social protection schemes of all workers, including those in the so-called gig economy, and protect informal sector workers. The Council also called for financial support for small businesses and for employers to recognize that unions can play an important role in confronting the crisis. The Council includes the ITUC, plus Education International, in Public Services International, Uni Global Union, Industrial, and the IUF. The IUF represents food, restaurant, agricultural, and other workers. You can find the Global Council's complete statement on the ITUC website at ituc-csi.org. With his report about union events around the world, here is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. Each day, Labor Start's volunteers collect hundreds of news items about the struggles of workers and their unions from around the world in 35 languages. Here's a small sample of all their hard work. Our top stories section included links to delayed coverage of the massive union-supported two-day national women's strike against gender violence in Mexico, and a great many stories about workers and COVID-19. So many, in fact, that in response to the COVID-19 crisis, Labor Start has created a special page on our site. There you will find hundreds of current stories in 35 languages about how the virus is affecting workers and how their unions are responding. Look for the COVID-19 link on our main page. We also had news of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are just a few highlights. COVID-19 strikes over safety concerns were organized by Canadian auto workers, Brazilian, Portuguese, and Argentinian dockers, call center workers in Central America, a wide variety of workers in Guinea organized by 11 different unions, public transport workers denied personal protective equipment in a large number of countries, and by Mexican state employees and teachers. Short walkouts by healthcare workers demanding better equipment, preparations, and training to deal with the COVID-19 crisis occurred in Brazil, Portugal, Spain, Italy, Kenya, Malaysia, Luxembourg, El Salvador, Paraguay, the Dominican Republic, Haiti, and probably in a great many other places. Attacks on basic labor rights saw 200 women strike a Colombian employer who was refusing to recognize their union while English hospital cleaners stopped work over wage theft. Our working women pages included stories about the assassination of a woman union leader in Colombia on International Women's Day and delayed reports of the first-ever Union International Women's Day celebration in Qatar. 
And those pages carried lots and lots and lots of stories about how women are bearing a disproportionate share of the burden that COVID-19 places on workers. The free health and safety newswire we offer in cooperation with Hazards Magazine carried stories to hundreds of union websites around the world about the rise in workplace violence on Canadian trains and in British shops. The wire carried many, many stories, not just about walkouts over COVID-19 concerns of various kinds, but also about the many cases of healthcare workers, both medical workers and support staff, especially hospital cleaners, working beyond the call of duty to get the outbreak under control. Healthcare unions in a number of countries were placing work bans on routine activities as their members reported overwhelming workloads as the COVID-19 wave hit their workplaces. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start reporting for Radio Labor. Now here are the low tide drifters with, we just come to work here, we don't come to die. I've been working here for 15 years and I see some changes come. Well, I seen people working for safety. Well, there must be a reason why. Baby, we just come to work here. We don't come to die. Like the That's it. International labor news you can use. You can find our features and daily newscasts on our website at radiolabor.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Labor. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about caring for each other through global solidarity. Amen. Global solidarity. Señor presidente, le vengo a avisar, no tengo papeles para trabajar. Señor presidente, pregunto por qué matan al moreno con piel de café. Para presidente, honestamente, si fuera presidente.
as I face the congregation. First thing I do is free education. And every third period, yo, we practice meditation. Like a brown Robin Hood, I take from the rich and I give to the poor. So my little sister ain't gotta be hungry no more. And my first lady will be my mom's. Cause she smacked me at the first thought of drone strikes and dropping bombs. And if I was president, I'd free all my poor black and brown kids that got caught up in three strikes. And when they get out, they get three bites. So they can ride to their future, not to their past. Go to the store, get some chips with no GMO. Cause my folks, we got a right to know. And if you don't know, now you know. Me gusta la lima, me gusta limón, pero no me gusta tanta corrupción. songs I've ever written and it's called Dear Mr. President and we're going to play it for you.
present president come and take a walk with me Let's pretend we're just two people and you're not better than me. I'd like to ask you some questions if we can speak honestly. What do you feel when you see all the homeless on the street? Who do you pray for at night before you go to sleep? What do you feel when you look in the mirror? Are you proud? How do you sleep while the rest of us cry? How do you dream when a mother has no chance to say goodbye? Dear Mr. President, were you a lonely boy? Are you a lonely boy? How can you say no child is left behind? We're not dumb and we're not blind. They're all sitting in your cells while you pave the road to hell. What kind of father would take his own daughter's rights away? And what kind of father might hate his own daughter if she were gay? I can only imagine what the first lady has to say. You've come a long way from whiskey and cocaine.
president never take a walk with me Okay, <clears throat> that was Pink. <clears throat> Started out with a Union song. Um, the way they built their world, it won't take much. How we have to stay together from uh, Radio Labor. After that, we had Las Cafeteras in Pink. Las cafeteras, si fuera, <coughs> if I were president, what would I do? And Pink is addressing her song to the president, President Bush at the time, saying you've come a long way from cocaine and, and alcohol. I wanted to play one more, maybe a little off theme here. Um, this for a young woman, a very pregnant young woman in the family um, who fell yesterday and uh, broke her ankle in three places. She's about ready to deliver too. So this song is for
Okay. That one was for you, Lucy. <laughs> Hope you're feeling better. Um, because of the uh, corona virus now, we're not allowed to uh, even visit Lucille. Uh, she's doing well. Again, let's reiterate. This is all about solidarity. Do we have solidarity or don't we? Which side are you on? Are you going to get further away from your community, your workers' community, because it's only a physical phenomenon? Are we all going to get closer? Are we all going to support one another and be kind to one another? Mr. Trump, of course, is fanning the flames of hate. Acts like he doesn't understand that. Every time he comes out and uses the words, the China virus, and there are pictures of speeches that he had where he crossed out the coronavirus and put in the Chinese virus. <coughs> Whether or not he's correct that the virus began in China, <coughs> the fact is that by saying that, by insisting on that, <coughs> by calling it that, he's putting people of Asian descent into, into danger. Idiot people, idiot white people, idiot people are attacking. I mean, one of the most amazing things I've heard about this entire episode is that people now are not buying Corona beer. Corona beer sales are down by 38%. <laughs> if it wasn't so sad, it would be funny. The Chinese virus. Somebody said to me that the virus is, you know, starts with whoever it is that you come in contact with who gives it to you. That's where the virus came from. Uh, okay, don't be one of those people. Okay, let's get closer together through this, and when we emerge from it, let's be strong and insist on it. This is from Portside Labor, and I invite you to, uh, let's see what's happening. Portside Labor. What workers have already won in the face of coronavirus? things get dire enough, it says, the working class fights back. In dealing with the outbreak of the coronavirus, people across the United States have organized at their workplaces and also won major reforms in the housing sector. Of all the leaders in Washington who are speaking out, Bernie Sanders was the first one I saw about 
concerned about the homeless people in our midst. There's a guy a couple doors down who slept in the uh, at the front of a brand new hair salon. Uh, Bernie Sanders was thinking about them. Probably there were some others who were too. The coronavirus pandemic has laid bare the stark reality of the United States for working people. We're going to talk a little more about this later. Our inadequate for-profit health care system, our precarious employment conditions, and the deep inequality that is foundational. See, besides the fact that the United States was based on slavery at its origin, the slave society, it's a class society, too, that was imposed on us. When things get dire enough, the working class fights back. Over the last few years, in dealing weeks in dealing with the outbreak of the coronavirus, people across the United States have organized at their workplaces and also won major reforms in the housing sector. Workers' consciousness. Okay, let's think about that. This is a moment of consciousness where all of a sudden... The emperor has no clothes. The curtain has been pulled away from the great and powerful Oz. And we see our social system, capitalism, for what it is. For a method, the very few to rob the very many of their lives, of their subsistence, of their survival. The bottom line is it takes money to live. A little more about that later. Workers' consciousness about the cruelty of our profit-driven society and about their own power is being raised by the day thanks to the failure of government leadership. People are looking to their leader, okay? There's the president. He's supposed to be our leader. Now, this man is not used to caring for people. This man is not used used to, you know, being merciful. This man is a go-for-your-throat capitalist. And his argument is that he's a better leader than whoever you voted for besides him. Well, look at him. While many workers have lost hours or even been laid off in the last few weeks, others have made advances in various industries. Teachers in New York forced Mayor Bill de Blasio to close city schools under threat of a mass sick-out. Workers shut down a Chrysler plant near Detroit over concerns about how the company was dealing with the virus. And workers at McDonald's have won 14 days of paid sick leave, albeit only at corporate stores, which account for about 5% of the fast food giant's restaurants. Paid sick leave for if you work in a company 
a place that has over 500 employees. See that? America just can't do it. There's something that bugs the Trumpist and the, the white bedrock prejudice. It's like you're taking something for nothing. You're getting something for nothing. You're not supposed to dip into the to the corporate resources because that's being selfish. You're supposed to uh, watch your children, you know, live the inequality that's endemic in American society and grow up under it. In Philadelphia, city library workers moved a petition among themselves, patrons, and larger community demand to demand both the closure of the libraries and paid time off for all workers, even those not members of the union. 4,000 signatures on a petition, and the workers won their demands. The housing movement has long fought for moratoriums on evictions. Those have been granted in many places. The pandemic, says one leader, is showing us what has always been possible and what, what that means is it's always been possible to end the practice of eviction. We just never did it. Organizers and activists have won either moratoriums on evictions or utility shutoffs in cities and states all across the country. Philadelphia, San Jose, San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York, Massachusetts, Kentucky. It is unconscionable to abandon people who are houseless or without work. This has opened up tremendous space to ask for more and win more. When it comes to spending to meet the needs of millions of ordinary people who are hurting right now, politicians can't muster the will. Democratic Party postures as recognizing and responding to this need in contrast to Trump, but the proposals they've offered so far have been offensively mediocre and inadequate. H.R. 6201, trumpeted by Pelosi and House Democrats, offers paid sick leave benefits to only 20% of U.S. private sector workers. Former presidential candidate Kamala Harris also promoted a bill she had introduced that would give workers $500 each month. Bernie Sanders has floated the idea of 2000 per month. This is a moment of consciousness. Walmart labor struggle gone worldwide. What started as a warehouse worker strike in California last year 
has grown into a global struggle against the world's largest private employer. The 2.1 million Walmart workers constitute the third largest workforce in the world. Over 1,000 workers in Walmarts throughout Argentina went on strike on December 31st. In solidarity with OUR Walmart workers in the United States. So people are rising up. People are taking this moment for what it is. Okay. Labor notes. Organizing in a pandemic. See what they've got to say, huh? Class struggle in the time of coronavirus in Italy. Solidarity is our only chance. If there were ever time to say, I'll fight for someone I don't know, this is it. If there ever a minute when we said an injury to one is an injury to all, now we're seeing why that's so. Labor movements cherish values of solidarity and siblinghood are our only chance if we don't see our elders die before their time. If half the U.S. population catches the virus and our unpreparedness is not addressed, we could see 1.6 million deaths thing is our natural human impulse is to reach out to our neighbors because the virus is so contagious. We need solidarity as a whole society. Universal paid sick days. A bill passed by the House of Representatives last week and reluctantly agreed to by Trump Exclude workers of more than 5,500, which is over half the workforce. And it allows small employers to opt out of family and medical leave. Free access to health care. Congress had passed the Medicare for All bill in, introduced by Jai Paul and Bernie Sanders if people weren't unable to get the doctor because of costs, we would be in far better shape now. Federally paid unemployment benefit, a freeze on evictions, protect health care workers, protections for and solidarity with Asian Americans who some numbskulls have targeted as if they were responsible for the virus. We need international cooperation to learn from countries that are doing a better job than the U.S. Okay, and that puts it where it is. It's about uh, Francesca 
Francesca Ramsey about a this is called a uh, a home a senior home for Trump Trump fans. Do you find yourself feeling that your country just doesn't look the way you remember it? And part of you wishes you could somehow return to a time when America was great again? Well, now you can. Here at Simpler Times, you'll meet other real Americans who are trying their best to forget the last 50 years of so-called progress, or even pretend they never happened at all. Are you there? What do you think of that President Obama? A president named Obama? That'll be the day. What's next? A woman president? <laughs> <laughs> Finally, a place you can enjoy your golden years without all that PC culture being shoved down your throat. Listen, I'm the furthest thing from a bigot there is, but I'm sick and tired of these transgender people getting to dictate what bathroom everyone uses. It's madness. That's why at Simpler Times, we like to keep things simple, just like they were in the good old days. Here, there's no question which bathroom you should use, no matter who you are. Four bathrooms. Now that is simpler. You can almost taste the simple, can't you? Hey, I'm sorry, but uh, what's down there? Oh, in that wing, things get even simpler. I'd stay down here if I were you, Mr. O'Hanahan. <laughs> Works for me. Finally, at Simpler Times, we know your health is of the utmost importance. And ladies, I hope you trust your husband's judgment because he'll be in charge of all of your medical decisions from now on. Him? But he's an idiot. Also, I'm legally required to inform you that any meds or treatments invented after 1952 are not permitted here. Smoking is allowed and encouraged, including in the cancer ward. Oh, and try not to get polio. We don't have a vaccine for that yet. So, what do you guys think? Are you in? It sounds good to us. Except I think there's just one thing we would change. Simpler times retirement home. We make it safe. It's really simple. I can't wait to text the grandkids to come visit us. Simple. Francesca there with uh, uh, simpler times, going back to the 50s, uh, so people can feel, white people can feel more secure. Beautiful. And here's the other Francesca. Francesca. News broke, the new news broke. start her back. Let's see. Birthday? Huh? You don't even know. This is fine. News comedy. We talk about the people, places, and presidents that are currently turning your social media feed into an Orwellian hellscape from which there was previously no reprieve beyond the sweet release of death. Good thing there's news broke. We're everything you love about AJ+, but our videos will make you laugh instead of cry. And if you don't laugh, Putin will. So click the follow button and get new Newsbroke episodes right to your Facebook feed every week. New Newsbroke sounds weird.
the news broke. You know news broke, you need news broke, you know you need... Okay, are we still rolling? Stop this, stop. I'm leaving. The intellectual elite. Intellectual elite, intellectual elite. The intellectual elite. Know-it-all, academic, soy latte, vegan, complete the Saturday New York Times crossword puzzle, coastal, kale, 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 intellectual elite. Why is intellectualism always equated with elitism? Maybe because in a time when facts don't matter and authority gets its strength from blind trust, knowledge isn't power, it's a problem. Maybe it's our puritanical roots, or maybe it's Fraser Crane. But Americans don't like intellectuals. That's why in American politics, not knowing much or appearing like you don't can be seen as a virtue. It shows that a politician is down to earth, relatable, someone you could have a beer with, or five beers with, or however many you had before you passed out and they drew a wang on your forehead. Anti-intellectualism is what made someone from one of the most elite families who graduated from one of the most elite universities appear to be of the people. To those of you who received honors, awards, and distinctions, I say well done. And to the C students, you too can be president of the United States. And then one day a war criminal. And of course, back then, no one could have imagined a more grotesque celebration of hawkish anti-intellectualism until the primaries of 2016. We won with young. We won with old. We won with highly educated. We won with poorly educated. I love the poorly educated. We're the smartest people. We're the most loyal people. And that's just it. Trump loves the poorly educated because they're loyal. Just like peasants or beagles or Eric. They don't know any better. The less educated you are, the less capacity you have to think for yourself. And the less capacity to think for yourself, the easier it is to blindly place your trust in authority. And Trump was right to love the poorly educated because he went on to win the election in large part thanks to voters without a college education. He vastly outperformed Clinton in the 50 least educated counties in the country where people might not have minded a president who literally speaks at a fourth grade level. Trump's lack of adult vocabulary or coherence is part of the Republican brand though to distance themselves from the elite classes they are indeed a part of in order to gain the trust of the general public who they ultimately plan to f over. And it's been happening for decades. This is the issue of this election. Whether we believe in our capacity for self-government or whether we abandon the American Revolution and confess that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital can plan our lives for us better than we can plan them ourselves. Yeah, don't trust anyone who knows what they're doing. Trust the guy from Bedtime for Bonzo, whose brilliant economic plan is just his name with nomics on the end. And hear how Paul Ryan peddles the same anti-intellectualism today. We do not believe that we should be governed by elites. We do not believe that there are experts or elites who should steer us in their preferred direction. Mm, so good to hear you support regular folks, Paul. I'm sure the Medicare for All ironworker Randy Bryce will appreciate your endorsement for Wisconsin's first district. Oh, hey, isn't that your district? One way the right equates expert knowledge with elitism is by painting higher education as the enemy. President Obama once said he wants everybody in America to go to college. What a snob. Next, he'll want us all to have health care. And some of us don't want to have to wait 50 years to meet Jesus. 
But it's easy for the right to demonize higher education as elitist because college itself is so inaccessible. And instead of working to make it more accessible by lowering tuition and alleviating student debt, right-wingers make education even more expensive by gutting public schools in favor of expensive private ones. It's almost as if it's in some people's political interest to keep people poorly educated. I just described Betsy DeVos's job. Meanwhile, the GOP continues to parrot down-home working-class solidarity, which is mostly crap. For instance, that lunch that Santorum was speaking at was for Americans for Prosperity, the nonprofit group of libertarian Sith Lord billionaires, the Koch brothers, a group that regularly supports union busting and is vehemently against raising the minimum wage. Mm, feel the solidarity. But please, go on, Rick. They're good, decent men and women to go out and work hard every day and put their skills to test that aren't taught by some liberal college professor and trying to indoctrinate them. And that, right there, is the second prong to the right's anti-intellectualism, painting higher education not just as elitist, but liberal. Many universities are becoming bastions of liberal bias rather than institutions for higher learning. There's a bias in favor of liberal points of view on campuses that are run by government. It's a joke that these elite universities claim to be bastions of academic freedom when really they're only bastions of political correctness. Yeah, to the right, universities are bastions of political correctness because there are lessons on the French Revolution, gender studies, and consent. So it's no wonder that after all this bashing of college, one out of three Americans now thinks that higher education does more harm than good. Also, one in four Americans believes the sun revolves around the earth, which probably means two out of three Americans thinks college gives you skin cancer. And it is true that adults that are more highly educated have more so-called liberal thoughts on social issues and the environment. Things like climate change is real and universal health care will help people and other ideological nonsense also known as facts. But the right combats these realities taught in universities by dismissing them all as simply overly sensitive political correctness that discriminates against conservative viewpoints. Take Charlie Kirk. This 24-year-old runs a group called Turning Point USA that professes so-called free speech on college campuses by, say, keeping a menacing list of liberal professors on his website. Listen to Kirk justify his campus crusade. Look, a university is supposed to be a place where disagreement, the free flow of ideas happen, right. where people can say, I, I respect your opinion, but I respectfully disagree. Universities are no longer those places. Time out. Charlie Kirk never actually went to college. Uh, why would he? He's on Fox. Time in. They are really islands of totalitarianism, where if you disagree with the faculty, the professors, the administration, or the left-wing students on campus, you can't respectfully disagree. You will be silenced, you will be suppressed, and you will be called a racist. Or, Charlie, you will be called a racist because it turns out your organization is pretty f***ing racist. The thing is, Turning Point USA does exactly what Kirk imagines liberal universities are doing. Propaganda. He admits to taking money from fossil fuel interests and then working against fossil fuel divestment campaigns. In fact, the right as a whole has had a way bigger hand in university education than they let on. Since the 60s, right-wing think tanks and private family foundations have poured billions into universities to promote free market thinking. There's the Olin Foundation, which started the conservative Madison program at Princeton and has supported right-wing ideologues from Samuel, Muslims Can't Do Democracy, Huntington, to Dinesh, Welfare is Slavery, D'Souza. Or the Bradley Foundation and its support of gutting Wisconsin's education budget. But please, please, Charlie, tell me about liberal totalitarianism. For decades, one percenters have worked hard to correct the liberal bias that comes with more knowledge because they know that higher learning has been linked to beliefs in things like democracy, equality, 
deductive reasoning, and other stuff that makes you look at the Republican tax plan and go, wait a minute. They hate that higher education, despite their best efforts, does not turn you into a mindless worker bee with a malleable brain and nimble fingers with which to assemble the robots that are eventually going to take your job assembling robots until one day you wake up and go, hey, how come all the immigrants are taking my robot assembling robots job? Now listen. Call me a New York Times crossword puzzle, soy, kale, coastal, Fraser kale, elitist intellectual if you want. All I have is a bachelor's degree, a bunch of books I haven't read on my shelf, and my spirit animal is Cardi B. It doesn't take a genius to realize that the plan to simultaneously defund and then delegitimize education is a way to keep us all very dumb. To keep us shopping on credit, blaming immigrants, and hailing the biggest anti-intellectual of them all. So maybe stay in school and stay woke. Can I still stay woke in 2018? Hey everyone, thanks for watching Newsbroke. I'm Francesca Fiorentini. Please follow me on Twitter and let us know what you think about this allergy to intellectualism that Americans often have. Where does it come from? And, and how does it play out in your life and maybe in college? Are, are you in school or not? Also, why is it that people who have a college education are automatically pitted against people who don't have a college education? Shouldn't we just help everyone and actually you know, raise the minimum wage, make sure that college-educated people aren't just baristas, not that there's anything wrong with being a barista. I don't know. Let me know in the comments, and thanks for watching. Okay, we heard from our Francesca's. <coughs> that was Francesca Fiorentini talking about anti-intellectualism, and it's certainly prevalent now when uh, Mr. Trump fired all the scientists that were on uh, Obama's response, pandemic response team. And people asked him why he did it. He said, well, we can get them back. I'm a businessman. I don't want people sitting around doing nothing. There had already been the SARS epidemic, and there were signs that another one could come. So in 2014, Mr. Obama appointed a panel of 21 expert scientists to prep, to get prepared. Mr. Trump, two years ago, fired them all. Here's the March of the Jobless Corps. Shalom, my name is O. Uh-oh. Pardon me. jobless corps, no work in the factories, no more manufacturing, all the tools are broken, rusted, every wheel and window busted, through the city streets we go, idle as a CEO, idle as a CEO, well one, two, three, four, join the marching jobless corps, we don't have to pay no rent, sleeping in a camping tent, dumpster diving, don't take money, every bite we share with 20, let the yuppies have their wine, bread and water, 
will eat by and by in that glorious land above the sky. Work and pray, live on hay. You'll get high in the sky when you die. That's a lie. <laughs> Long-haired creatures come out every night. Try to tell you what's wrong and what's right. But when asked about something to eat, they will answer with voices so sweet. You will eat by and by in that glorious land above the sky. Work and pray, live on hay. You'll get by in the sky when you die. That's Starvation Army, they say, <laughs> while they sing and they clap and they pray, till they get all your coin on the drum, then they'll tell you that you're on the bum. Who prophesy with your peers? 
and fathers throughout the land and don't criticize what you can't understand for your sons and your daughters are beyond Slower now, will later be fast as the present. 
Okay, as we go out today, remember, solidarity means being kind. Love each other. Help each other. Share the weight. Take a look.
That was uh, Playing for Change, uh, the concept of a bunch of people around the world getting together via technology to record a song or to put a song together. In this case, it was The Weight by uh, the band. Robbie Robertson, I'm not sure if he wrote that or not. In any case, heed the message. Let this be a moment of consciousness for us all, a moment to organize, a moment to get together, even though physically we're not supposed to. Let this be a moment where we all turn around and realize, uh, as Jesse Jackson said, we didn't all come over on the same boat, but we're in the same boat now. All right, let's go out with uh, Kerry Miraji, the uh, Japanese classical guitarist, and her uh, beautiful version of the Internationale. Remember, one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table where you work, you're on the menu. Never, but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. And ask yourself, why does it cost money to live? And why is the only way we can get money by selling our lives? The uh, coronavirus has, as we said, ripped the mask off the great Oz. And we look and see exactly what's going on as they hustle to bail out the banks and bail out the businesses as they did before. Anyway, have a good week. Do the best you can. Even though we're staying apart physically, let's all get together solidarity and solidarity. Share the load. This is the B. This is Mutiny Radio. Stay tuned, please do, for Flat Black Plastic. And uh, stay strong.
Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counteroffer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counteroffer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counteroffer, baby. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. (laughs) 
Tired of paying too much for your internet? Contracts and hidden fees got you down? Tired of supporting the same big cable companies that lobby against a free and open internet? Get Monkey Brains! Monkey Brains is a local internet provider who doesn't sell your data, bind you down with contracts, or trick you with hidden monthly fees. We're honest, local, and 100% net neutral. Residential internet for only $35 a month, business packages starting at $75 a month. Go to monkeybrains.net and sign up today. Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. Rio began her life in 1978 as a leather Brazilian gay bar. We are an LGBTQ plus space who is welcoming to all good people. We actively invest in communities to promote social change. We actively invest in our local arts and music scene to give space for artists. We actively pursue underserved communities in the use of our space. We are an awesome supporter of the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, hosting an incredible offside show. Wednesday, March 4th, 9 to 11 p.m. with LGBTQ plus and allied comics. So come out to 3158 Mission Street at Cesar Chavez, San Francisco. It's open every day at 2 p.m. with an incredible back patio. El Rio is your dive. your boy Sifo here, here to let you know that the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is March 1st through 7th, 2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week. Get your tickets now on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the U.S. coming for 66 programs in 7 days all here at 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission. Or if you can't be with us, listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What kind of a future? 
Law Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear, too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Davis, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Permanent Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 